This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Lisa Graham coming to you from what? Seeka, Illinois. And you are listening to a special Heavy Horse episode of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network, proudly presented by the Draft Horse Journal for June 1st. Today's episode is number 1708. This episode is brought to you by the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. Good morning, Heavy Horse World. Good morning. As I promised, we are going to have a class that is second to none. We are going to be bringing in the Clydesdales, the Belgians, and the Percherons in the arena. Well, good Thursday morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again. I cannot believe that it's time for to talk draft horses. The months are just flying by. Pretty soon, I'm going to have to start planning our holiday radiothon for November. It's that. I mean, it's just been flying by. Ha, who, who would believe is today's June 1st already? Where, where does the time go? And it's unusual wow. to have you guys as our first episode of the month. You know, because well, you, start with a bang. <laughs> that's right. Start with the biggest in this case. Um, so, th- thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And the draft horse for all our new listeners. The draft horse episode is the first Thursday of every month. If you've missed past episodes, you can go over to horsesinthemorning.com and just search for draft horse. It'll come up, and you can go back and listen to all the past episodes that we were do- that we have done. And uh, of course, we have to thank the Draft Horse Journal for being the ones that uh, make this happen every month and book the guests and make sure that Lisa shows up. All of that. Uh, Thanks to Lynn and the gang over there. Absolutely. And we're going to start off this morning, Glenn, because every time we are about a week before the show, I do some promotions and I put pictures of our guests and and describe what we're going to talk about. And I always tell my Facebook friends, share away and I'm going to send you a prize package from the Clydesdale store. Which we've we've picked three names randomly, and it's kind of neat. But I have to tell you, last month when we did, when I said we'll pick three random names, two of the three people lived in South Wales. So shipping, it was it was funny. It's great to know we have listeners there. But when I went to the post office, I'm like, wow, this. This is a hefty little package to be cost, sending. <laughs> it's going to cost me four thousand dollars to ship there. Yeah, <laughs> but thanks for listening. <laughs> so no, we're we're honored to have people from all over, and I know you and I and and Lynn see some of the statistics, and it's just crazy to see where our listeners are tuning in, and, and they love the draft horses. So so we all share that in common. But this month's lucky winners, and I will be in touch with them to to find out their sizes. Our lucky winners are Lori Volden, Emily Tim, and Becky Feevold. Those are the random winners from sharing. So if you don't already see what we're doing online, you can either go to the Clydesdale store and more on our Facebook or, or go to Lisa Banga Graham on Facebook. And it's just neat that we 
share and we kind of spotlight all of our, our people that are going to be on the show. So that's kind of neat. Sounds good. And Jennifer's going to tell us what is coming up on today's show. Coming up on today's Draft Horse Journal episode brought to you this time by the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. Woohoo! Dave Rohrbach is going to stop by and tell us about the Bee Tree Trail. Say that three times fast. Carriage and wagon tours <laughs> and all the fun they have up there in Pennsylvania. And then next up, Sierra Cavell tells us about Performance Unlimited Clydesdales and the skyrocketing popularity of showing drafts under saddle. Hmm, she might have something to do with that. And wrapping up the show, Danelle Kenny from Hoggin Hill Shires shares her passion for the breed. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Appreciate that. Well, now, I know that you guys, before we get to our first guest here, I know that you guys are in foaling season, which I think... We've been doing this show quite a while. This is the first time that two months in a row you've actually been home to do this. I know, I know, and I'm <laughs> believe me, I'm packing. It's, it's I'm getting the bug. I gotta leave, but <laughs> no, I, I actually this is the first time I haven't been to a sailor event in this month. But that's good because this is kind of the time as you and I talked before we started recording this morning. It's this is kind of the the down time to get ready for the shows because show season is just around the corner. I know here in Illinois next Saturday, our first draft horse competition kicks off the show season in Martinsville. And, and that's a great show. And a lot of people are just doing their homework right now, making sure the shoes, getting the show shoes put on. And like you said, it's foaling season and there's always a good story at my place, we call it the funny farm because there's always a story. And we ended up only having one mare that was going to foal. So I have to admire my friends, you know, uh, the coals, Rhonda's foaling out 20 foals or, or Jim and Peggy day, Peggy's foaling out 20 or 30 foals. I get so stressful with one that I, I just can't even imagine That's a the lot numbers of that they're dealing with. That's a lot of big babies. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it is. It, it just the other day, you just got to love the friendship in, in our industry because I had a question on something the other day. So I just sent Peggy Day a, a text and I said, okay, my one horse is doing this. What do you suggest? And she sent me back an answer within just a couple of minutes. And I'm like, I didn't think of that. Thank you very much. You know, it's just the awesome camaraderie in here. But yeah, we we had foaling and of course, I think it's standard right now in the draft horse industry for everything to go overdue. Ours was about 11 days overdue, and she was just being miserable being inside the barn. So I said that day, hey, Austin, go put her out in the pasture, and we'll just watch her and clean stalls. And it started to rain, so I said, Austin, go get her, you know, bring her in. It's starting to rain. And she was in full labor in the pasture in a matter of 10 minutes. So brought her in, and, you know, within... Within 10 minutes, the baby was out, and it's beautiful filly and, and all is well. But, man, I get nervous at that time. I, <laughs> you always you, you think you have everything prepared, but it don't always go that way. So, anyway, it was, it was, a, it was a great experience foaling, and I know lots of babies are on the ground now. And I think everybody's gearing up for these upcoming world shows, the, these World shows, both the Pertrinet and the Clydesdales have their world shows, as you know, next October. But right now, these breeders are doing their crosses and, and looking at their pedigrees and, and trying to get the best foal because it's it's never too early to, to get prepared for these world shows. So I'm hoping everybody's having 
I'm hoping everybody's having good foaling season. And uh, again, you and I talk, we always do this morning show. We talk, talk before our show. And I was telling you that I get to be a horse hotel sometimes where I have, we have a great barn and a good facility. And so people that are trucking across the country, if they ever need to lay over, my barn is always open for them. And last night uh, we had our friends, the Bulls. They brought a horse from South Dakota that is going to today get on a trailer to head to Massachusetts. But we were just sitting visiting last night and, and we were telling stories and talking about foaling season and, you know, nothing, it's nothing for owners to be down trying to, to do mouth to mouth or, or trying to do everything they can to get foals to live and, and to make sure horses are healthy. And, you know, we just told all kinds of stories and then I can't remember if it was Ryan or Connie, but said, isn't it sad that people in the city and that people are always protesting? think that we don't care about our animals did you did you just hear what we just talked about for an hour about we we give so much to our animals and and we try to help them in every way we can and it's just kind of sad that there's people out there that think we as horse owners don't have a caring heart because there's never been any people more in this world that are more caring than horse people right i guess exactly. that's that's a, that's a long way around saying what i'm trying to say is is what a good group of people to be friends with. Now I have a, I did get a, just got a Facebook question from a listener about drafts. If you want to tackle it. Um, she, sure. she wants to know, do the draft horse, cause you just mentioned that you were getting back into the season again, do draft horse people <laughs> pull shoes and leave them barefoot over the winter? Well, depending on what level you're going to be competing, um, if your show season is done, say like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in the fall and the biggie in the fall, if you're done at those shows, yep, pull shoes, turn them out, let them be horses until early spring. Then you put the plates on and get the feet growing. But there are a lot of our hitches that are, are very competitive that are showing, you know, all year round. They're doing the, the shows in January at Loveland and at Denver. So those horses do not get their shoes pulled off and, and, and turned out. They're they're staying maintained and getting ready for the next show season. Yeah, okay. So it, it depends, again, on what competition level you're at. You know, if your shows are done in the fall, absolutely pull shoes, let them be horses. But if you have to get ready for, um, you know, you think it's a long time, but it's not. By the time you get home from Denver, it's the end of January, and then by March, most people are putting plates on. So you're just moving into a different transition. Yeah, it used to be. I mean, it used to be, and even in all the other disciplines too, dressage and eventing, you used to have a winter break. You know, there used to be three months. You'd, you'd, you'd get a winter break because mm-hmm. everybody would stop around October and go back again in March. Uh, but then that, then Florida came along and Wellington came along and, you know, all of a sudden now they don't get a break either. You know, there's no, there's no real breaks anymore. Maybe December, part of December for most of them, but the jumpers don't really have a break at all. Uh, right. I mean, December, December for the draft horses is about the only month there's not a show because in November, you know, you have, um, Louisville, Kentucky, you have, um, the Nile going on down there. You have the, the Royal in Toronto. So November, you kind of slow down just a few shows, but then in December, none. And then January, boom, you're hitting it hard to go to Loveland and Denver. So it's a busy circuit if you're on that level, but we have to give a, 
that is a big change that's ahead, happened sorry. over the last 30 years in the horse industry as a whole, especially, you know, in the competitive horse industry. It is a big change that's happened. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, we have to give a shout out to our friends at Rock Creek Belgians. Grandma Peggy just sent us a text and said that uh, Amanda and Aaron Mosier have a scheduled baby to arrive. They're taking Amanda away right now. So we're wishing them all the luck with the newest addition to their family. So good luck to Amanda human, and Aaron. Is a two-legged or four-legged baby? <laughs> it is a human. It is oh, going to okay. be their second baby <laughs> and a great family at Rock Creek Belgians here in Prophetstown, Illinois. So good luck to everybody involved there. All right. Very good. And, Why don't you tell and if us you're those- following... Well, I'm sorry. I was going to give one more shout out. Um, Clydesdale breeders, they're a big supporter of us. And each month they do a spotlight either on a youth exhibitor or on a member of the association. And um, this week, my son Austin is the youth spotlight. So shout out to Austin. Very proud of him. And I just want to say there's such a group of volunteers that work hard behind the scenes that people don't recognize. So I want to say thanks to Thomas and Stephen for for doing this, for, for taking the time to interview people, put it together, get it posted on there. Because again, without volunteers, we wouldn't have half the exposure that we have. So thanks to those guys for doing what they do. And I'm sure that the World Percheron Congress coming up in 2018 is going to need some volunteers too. Oh, absolutely. America is once again hosting the greatest of events for the world's most popular draft horse, the World. World Pertron Congress is returning to Iowa on October 8th through the 13th of 2018 at the very historic Iowa State Fairgrounds. The World Pertron Congress celebrates and honors the the great breed's versatility, the power, and the intelligence. It will be a worldwide celebration with breed ambassadors coming from South America, Australia, Great Britain, Germany, and of course the breed's homeland of France. Exhibitors will come from all points of North America to compete with the plowing events, farm team classes, horse poles, riding and youth classes, barrel racing and feed team races. And as you know, Glenn, a celebrity driving competition, not to mention all of the outstanding classes in the halter division, the full futurity and those dynamic hitch classes from the carts to the eight horse hitches you're going to see it all in Des Moines the final evening will feature the second World Pertron Congress Drive for the Cure Charity Cart Class it will recognize Breast Cancer Awareness Month, all the exhibitors will turn out in the Jacobson Center Arena wearing pink and driving their carts to raise funds for the National Breast Cancer Foundation and to aid in the fight against breast cancer. The Pertron Horse Association of America invites you and your family to come be a part of the largest gathering of Pertron draft horses anywhere, anytime. Expect to have a great time, be impressed and even awed and count on making memories that will last a lifetime. For more details and to buy your World Pertron Congress wear, visit them on the web at worldpertroncongress.us. That's World Pertron Congress.us and on Facebook at World Pertron Congress. Let's harness the excitement. And I tell you, they got some amazing things going on. So we look forward to seeing everybody next fall at that World Pertron Congress. If you can't be there, make sure to support them by buying the merchandise and just stay in as a part of that show. And when we talk about volunteers, as you said, this show needs volunteers. If you are looking 
looking to come to the show and you'd like to, to lend a hand anywhere from helping with moving people in or helping with organization, make sure to go online and visit them at the world congress.us. Very good. And your first guest is ready. I have a question for after you introduce him. I have a question for him quick. <laughs> All right. We are going to be welcoming Mr. Dave Rohrbach. Dave is joining us. He owns the Bee Tree Trail Carriage and Wagon Tours in Pennsylvania, near your old stomping ground yeah. there. David and his wife own and operate the Special Events Carriage Company. But I've known Dave for probably 20 years, and I know know him as the master of the lines in the arena. Just you never know what Dave is going to enter the arena. I've seen him come in with an amazing single horse. And then I've been a part of his 15 horse hitch. Whoa. So Dave, nice to have you with us today. Good morning. Dave, I feel like here. I'm talking to, well, I, I was going to say, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity because I just did some rewinds on TV and saw you on TV. Oh yeah, and yeah. We were on... You you were you were bringing a bride into town. <laughs> oh, that's what we do mostly. Well, well, I, I know. Glenn, jump in here quick. And you Dave, have a question? Yeah, real quick. Um, you're in Shartlesville, which is uh, we. I grew up in Lancaster County, and we've been to Shartlesville. Most people that have been through that part of Pennsylvania will know Shartlesville for one thing, and that's Roadside America. Is it still there? Yes, it is. They're still running yeah, that thing. Still going to that. Yeah, oh. they just uh, redone the building, and uh, yeah, it's still working. Uh, and for those that don't well, know, Roadside America is one of the largest uh, model train setups that you're ever going to see in your life. Uh, every tourist that drives down, is it Route 78, right? Drives down Route 78 is going to stop at, at uh, Roadside America at one time or another. Yep, you can see it right from the highway. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. All right. Oh, that was wow. my serious question for the day. <laughs> well, I'm going to start off by saying when I have to announce your name as B tree trail carriage repeatedly i feel like i'm stumbling tell me where the bee tree trail comes about is it literally uh the name of a landmark in your area yes i um bought 10 acres um back in 2001 and there was a trail on the 10 acres um well that actually passes through the 10 acres and they called this the Bee Tree Trail. Uh, when I bought the place, I got a history map and some history on it that it was actually um, a wagon trail that uh, went through northern part of Berks County. And it made a right-hand turn and went up over the mountain into Schuylkill County, where it made the right-hand turn to go, go up over the mountain was a tree they called a bee tree many years ago. It looked like there were hives growing out the side of the tree. And um, hmm. that's where they got the name from. That tree is uh, no longer standing, but it is laid over, and you still can see some of the what look like hives uh, on the tree. And that's where I got very, the name from. Very interesting. Well, I... I think you are one of the very few that do make a true living working with your horses 
and doing special events. And I've had a chance to see your Cinderella carriage and it's absolutely beautiful. So tell us a little bit about your carriage business and how you got it started. And I know just from knowing you, you build a lot of your own vehicles. Yes, everything we have today, um, I built. We have um, the Cinderella carriage. Uh, I just recently come out with a Royal Princess carriage. I built my own show wagon. Um, I just built a cart. It's not quite completed. I built a snow roller. I got hay wagons and uh, surreys that seat 16. And um, Wow. Uh, how, it, how, how it came about was I bought a pair of draft horses. I thought it would be uh, fun to do. I went on a ride several years ago. They used Perchin, black Perchin horses for the carriage ride, and I thought this was kind of neat. So I bought a pair of uh, draft horses. They were Clydesdale Belgian Cross, very photographic horses, really nice looking. And um, I brought them home and started playing with them, and next thing you know, one thing led to another, and here we are today doing as many as 250 events a, a year. Wow. And, and and I know you and Susie own and operate this, but do you have extra employees? What what happens when you're booked to be a couple places on the same day? Well, we have volunteers. Um, we, um, we used to have a, an extra truck and trailer on hand and horses that would uh, come out. But uh, I've done as many as three events a day myself. And uh, when you travel from one place to the next, you know, it all depends on timing, whether you can get it done or not. Wow. It's neat. I've seen people that just come to, to life of all walks from young to older when they get to experience a ride in one of your carriages. But like I said, I went back and looked at some old episodes of, of the wedding shows and saw you on TV. What was it like the first time to say Hey, we want this bride to say yes to the dress, and we want you to be a part of it. How were you worried? Like, oh my, are the horses going to behave today, or the camera crew is going to scare anything, or, or what was it like your first time you went on television? Well, it was pretty exciting. Um, I don't get too concerned about uh, what the horses are like. Uh, the horses are driven here uh, quite often throughout the week. Uh, we drive through um, the truck stop over the highway, go through Dunkin' Donuts. Got to have my coffee in the morning, <laughs> and uh, so they're put they're put through uh, they're put through training constantly. It's it's not just you know we got them trained and we go out on weekends and do jobs. I'm driving horses here all week long, and um, so I wasn't. I'm usually not concerned about the horses. Uh, they're usually well behaved more concerned about people getting in the way and uh, sure. uh, little kids getting close to the horses and, and uh, trying to keep an eye on everything that's going around you. You know, you just never know what's up, but uh, it's pretty exciting to be on those shows and working with TV crews and meeting different people. Sure. So obviously there's been some celebrities involved um, any good stories or who's some of the famous people that you've, you've got to give rides to? 
Well, I worked in uh, on a movie scene with um, Michael Keaton, who um, <laughs> I found quite interesting because I didn't know who the man was. I don't watch very much TV. And uh, we sat for an hour and talked about horses. And he was very interested in uh, how well-mannered the horses were and how they maneuvered and, and worked off a of voice command. The other person that uh, was quite interesting was Bam Majera. We'd done um, an episode with them. He'd done eight episodes, I think, or nine episodes leading up to his uh, wedding. And uh, that was interesting. Uh, he does uh, MTV shows, uh, Jackass, and I forget what the other one is, but uh, them boys get into a lot of uh, mischief, so uh, when we had pulled... Well, I bet you fit right in we with them. To... <laughs> yeah, not, a, not, that, not that bad. <laughs> when we pulled <laughs> into the area where we were supposed to stage, they were uh, stapling uh, Christmas lights to the roof of a Lincoln Continental, and they uh, oh, actually my. put a Christmas tree, Christmas tree across the top of the car for the parade. So <laughs> uh, it was quite interesting. So this is probably your busy season, I would think, with proms and and June weddings coming up. Have you ever had any requests that you just have to either laugh at or shake your head at? Any strange requests? I know you have to have some good stories. Uh, we've had, uh, there's, there's so many. Um, one that stands out was <laughs> a lady wanted to have her photos at a, at a location, but she wanted to, wanted the horse completely without bridle and harness. And, uh, so that was quite interesting. The way she was talking, I wasn't sure what she was going to be wearing. What was she wearing? I have to ask. Out? Yeah. <laughs> well, it it, uh, it happened to rain that day, and the the photos were canceled. So. Uh, <laughs> how were you going to do? Her name no bridle and no harness, by the way. What exactly was the horse? How was the horse going to be pulling the uh, carriage? Well, she didn't want the. She wanted the carriage for the wedding, but for photos, she just wanted the horse. Ah, gotcha. There was okay. nothing else gotcha. on. Gotcha. I was thought oh. you had some magic up your sleeve there in Pennsylvania. I didn't. No, no. I get a little interesting once in a while, but to do it without harness and. <laughs> and equipment I don't know <laughs> well I know that the weddings and the proms and and the festivals are all fun but you also help to pay final respects I know that it is really getting big in our area to have your final ride with the horses are you doing the funerals the, the horse drawn hearse as well uh, yes we had uh, right now, we don't have a hearse, so we haven't been doing any. Uh, but, yeah, that is uh, <clears throat> that is an event that's uh, a little tough to take at times, uh, but it's quite yeah. interesting. Right, 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 right. Well, we're going to kind of switch some gears here, and I know that you do make your living with the carriage company, and if anybody ever wants to get in contact with you, I'm sure you you travel. You're in an area where you could get to a multitude of states 
very quickly. So people can always find you at btreetrail.com or find you on Facebook. But I want to talk now about hitching because the first time I was at Harrisburg and I've been announcing there for many, many years, you and, and your family were some of the first people that, that I met and it's always home for me to go to Harrisburg. But one time they had sent me a little note and said, can you announce for a multiple hitch coming in the arena? And I thought, well, this is a no brainer. Of course I can. And all of a sudden the gates open and I see one horse coming in and then there's a multitude of horses behind it. You did your, your famous pyramid hitch. Um, and I, and I know it's not something that you created, but it is, it is a hitch that you are perfecting. So tell people what a pyramid hitch is and how many horses you are driving at one time. Well, it all started out with, uh, six horses and, uh, they told me it was a pyramid hitch, but when I done it, they told me it was called a V6. So then I put 10 horses together. They said that was a pyramid hitch. And when I put that together, yeah, they, uh, they said, that's not a pyramid hitch. That's a V10. So then I decided to go with 15. I don't know that anybody (laughs) else has done 15, but I'm going to give it a try. So we put five, four, three, two, one together. And, um, the first time we hooked it, um, of course those things, you don't put the horses together to practice. It's hard enough getting <laughs> horses, let alone getting them all together to do a practice. So we drive uh, everything by rows. We drove five abreast, four abreast, three abreast to make sure horses work together. And uh, the first time I ever hooked it, we hooked it in front of the overhead door at the Pennsylvania Farm Show Arena. And that was the first time I've ever seen it from the box and the first time I've ever driven it. And it was quite exciting. <laughs> and and you have how many lines? I mean, you have all those lines laced back through your fingers. Do you, that lead horse, I know you always had one special horse that goes out in front. But at that point with 15, are you really driving them or are they just going forward and you're maintaining? No, I'm driving each and every row of horses. There's a team line for each row and then there's uh, extensions off the team lines that go to the other horses. So all the horses are in my hand and um, the horses, the front six horses are not attached to the wagon. They just have um, lead ropes that go from their tugs to the horses behind them. Um, Tug straps like you'd use in a, in a tandem hitch. So the front mm-hmm. six horses, if they would get away from me or slip through my hand, most likely uh, we use the lead ropes in case something would happen, that it would actually break. And it has happened that horses got out a little too far and the lead ropes come apart. Uh, it's a lot mm-hmm. of weight pulling on it and they just snap. So all them horses do actually drive in my hand. The only horses pulling the wagon uh, would be the ones on the wheel. So it's sure. uh, at any given time, I could be holding anywhere 50 to 75 pounds at one time. My goodness. And I have to tell you, the first time that I saw the pyramid hitch, it was a classic that, you know, sometimes you just get these memories in your head that you won't, won't forget. 
it was at Harrisburg. Uh, we were in the new arena and Senator Mike wall was, was sitting next to me and they told me that you were coming in with the hitch. And I said, I'm in awe. I don't even know what to say. And Senator wall, Mike wall was a great friend of all of ours. He said, Oh, I can talk. I know what to say. And I said, okay. And you had a special guest riding with you. You had Lori Cooper sitting on the seat with you. And I remember you looked over and you handed her the lines. And I I just remember Lori's face was like priceless that what was she going to do? And Lori had learned from the best. She'd been a student and, and a friend to Dick Sparrow. And when you handed her those lines and that smile on her face, uh, that's just a memory that I'll, that I'll always have. But watching you at the pyramid hitch, I thought, oh, that's one of the most creative hitches that I've had a chance to see. The next time I go back, you come in and you all the crowds again with, I don't even know what you call it. I, I know in our industry, we have a tandem, which is two horses, but they're hooked head to tail. And then we have a random, which is three horses hooked head to tail. So tell our listeners what you decided to do. Three wasn't enough. Yeah, it got a little more exciting. The more I hear about different hitches out there, I had to try things myself. So um, we're hooking a suicide hitch, which is five horses <laughs> head to tail. Mm-hmm. And I and was you, doing it on you a name it? two-wheel. I was doing it on a two-wheel cart at that time, and I had to stand on the cart and, there wasn't much of balance. Today we have a new vehicle that we use, and uh, so where I can actually sit and drive the five horses head to tail with, uh, uh, it's like getting up in the morning now. I've done it so often. Wow. Just total unconventional. So what can we see in the future from you? Because I know you probably got some plans going on. Uh, we are doing a um, a new hitch that um, I'm not sure that you've seen. Um, It's called Unhitched. And I'm driving a six-horse hitch uh, without the front four or two pair in the front attached to the wagon. And I let them out and stretch it out to the length of a 10-horse hitch. And then reel them back in. My goodness. So I have to ask, does Susie ever just look at you and say, are you crazy, Dave? Oh, many times. <laughs> She's gotten better over the years. She says, "She says you can't do that. You're not going to do that." So I wait for her to go away on vacation, and I put things together and make it work, and surprise her when she gets home. So, but uh, she's wow. gotten better over the years. She she trusts the horses and trusts my knowledge. So it's been working. Perfect. So we are uh, well, Dave. We are looking into driving. More inline hitches coming up. Uh, we're looking to extend out far, even farther. So, stay tuned. and and you also you also do a lot of showing as well. You don't just do the demonstrations. You you take your horses, and I get to see you twice a year. I get to see you at the Pennsylvania Farm Show, and I get to see you at at the Keystone, all there in Harrisburg. But you have a rigid show schedule as well. Yeah, those are the only two we've been doing. There used to be a York uh, York Fair show, draft show, and uh, that had gotten canceled. So uh, we haven't been doing that one. Basically, we're sticking with the uh, two shows a year because uh, work does come first. We have to make Absolutely. a living to be able to go out and show. 
Oh. Absolutely. And so, you know, again, we're, we're going to wrap up, but it's, it's an honor to talk with you. And I think when I think about multiple hitches, I always think what, what could Dave dream up? And then I see the hitches in the pyramids and I have to say the crowds love it. They cheer on, you have the great pertrance. You're a great supporter of the pertrance industry and the, and the crowds love it. I mean, as soon as the gates open and you come in, you know, there's going to be excitement in the arena. So if anybody would like to see Dave, or talk to him about the carriage business or, or just following him on Facebook, you can always visit Dave on Facebook at B-Tree-Trail-Cinderella Carriage Rides, or you can find him online at www.btreetrail.com. Thank you so much, Dave, for being a part of our show, and, and we're excited to see what multiple hitches you're coming up with in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Well, uh, one of you, you mentioned earlier in the show about uh, the Clyde store and more, which is your little baby. And now that you're officially online, where can people go to find more uh, about the Clyde store? Well, the Clydesdale store is in full swing. We're updating our website. Um, we had a little issue with the first one. I've reconformed it. We're actually taking pictures, doing a picture shoot today. So everything is going to be updated. And the Clydesdale store and more.com will be available. And that will be nice because right now I'm doing a lot of all my ordering and everything through Facebook. And it's going to be nice to have that website up and, and officially going. But the Clydesdale store and more has something for everybody. Um, if you're looking for clothing to promote this upcoming World Clydesdale show, we're honored to design the shirts for the Drive for the Cure class for the Pertrin Congress. So, um, just we'd like to help all the breeds out. And I know some people are going, aren't you just Clydesdales? Nope. That's why I added the and more so that we can cover all of the bases. We have Shire clothes and Pertrins and Belgians and the Clydesdales and have to laugh show hats. I would have never thought, but I put a text out, um, on my Facebook and I said, ladies, are you having troubles finding hats and fascinators to show in? And I had a huge response. So I started selling hats and I, I honestly could say I ship 10 hats a week. So I'm excited for show season so that I, I can see all these ladies looking spectacular in their show hats. So again, follow the Clydesdale store and more on Facebook right now, that website at www.theclydesdale store and more coming to you soon. And I just want to say thanks to everybody that that's supported what you call my baby, because it's just been a little over a year and the friendships and, and everything that we've made and created, it, it's just awesome. So thanks for all your support. Very good. And your next guest is ready. Well, I'm excited because this next guest I've known for a long time. And, it, and it's nice to have females in our industry that, that, that are making their mark. And and there's nobody like Sierra to, to come out there and be a strong volunteer and a leader. So we're going to welcome Sierra Covell. She is of Performance Unlimited Clydesdales. She is in Nebraska and she has grown up with the Clydesdale. She grew up in California. She started driving at an extremely early age. She was riding and driving horses before she was even five years old, um, started working at 13 for a carriage company. And now she's progressed into her own breeding facility and training facility. And Sierra, it's nice to ha have you on the show today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, you're welcome. You are one busy lady, two young kids and a horse business where, as I said before, you're doing breeding and I'm sure this breeding season is a big time for you right now. Yeah, right now uh, we actually have 13 breeding age mares of our own. So with outside mares and that, See, and it keeps I, us pretty busy. And you have uh, a stallion. Give a little plug to your stallion. I I know um, this horse has made a big difference in, in a lot of hitch horses, putting a lot of action in our in our horses. We're lucky we have the HMH Rock and Bentley horse. Um, he was kind of he's kind of been my baby from day one. I had picked out the mare and the stallion, and um, and I've just raised him since he was a colt. And we've gotten really fortunate with the folds off of them. I mean, even at a couple days old, they'll have a ninety degree bend in their knee, and their hocks are level with their knees. So it's it's pretty exciting to to see the folds and. Uh, get to turn them out and watch them move and heads right up in the air. So as we get more that have some age on them, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, and I know uh, a couple years ago, Bentley took a little trip to Missouri. So that had to be a feather in your hat as well. Yes, he was down at the Budweiser breeding farm. They leased him and uh, they've actually got a nice crop of foals off him this year. Perfect. Well, as I said, you, you have been in this draft horse industry for a very long time and it feels, I feel like I've known, I've known you for forever. You've actually, when you were a young girl came and stayed with me for a summer. So it's, it's kind of coming full circle together. And, um, you know, I was on the board of directors for the Clydesdale association and you ran a few years ago and what a difference you've made since you became a board board member because you are progressive. You're very progressive. And we were talking at the beginning of the show, you probably couldn't hear, but we were talking about volunteers and, and a lot of unsung heroes out there. And and you truly are one of those. So we're going to talk a little bit about what you do on your farm, but most importantly, we're going to talk about some of the differences you made at the national Clydesdale sale that we had in April down in St. Louis. You had an idea And you said, we have to show the versatility of our draft horses, the Clydesdales in particular. And you decided that you wanted to promote riding. So tell us Mm -hmm. where that thought about riding the Clydesdales come from and how you pushed it into becoming a part of our national sale. Well, a lot of it starts, I think, honestly, with growing up in, in California and the way, you know, our shows were handled out there. We had hitch hitch horses, but over time we found that there were a lot more people that only had one or two horses and they wanted to go and compete, but they didn't necessarily have hitch horses. They had more of a pleasure style horse and they did a lot of riding with them. And so the shows out there had added pleasure driving classes and riding classes, um, you know, long before shows in the Midwest and uh, had started had had added that. I mean, we had the barrel racing mm-hmm. and pole bending and all of that. And the classes always had a, a really good attendance. I mean, we'd have 20 plus horses in every class. And um, so then as, as I got older and started training horses and you know, breeding horses, I, I figured out that there was a good market for that. I mean, not every horse is a hitch horse or a halter horse, and that's not what everyone's looking for. Right. So, um, 
you know, there's lots of people looking for them to ride, you know, either as a husband horse or just a family safe horse and the Clydes with their, their disposition are really, really versatile. So when I got on the board, there were some things that, um, you know, I, I kind of started with the world show. I really wanted to see more riding and pleasure driving classes added. Um, so I took on doing some polls through social media to see what people were interested in. And, and we had lots of people respond and got really good numbers on it. Well, from there, we took the classes that people were interested in and, um, I presented them to the board and said, you know, this would be kind of my recommendation. And the decision was made to add more uh, pleasure driving classes and some gaming classes and more riding classes. Well, from there, I thought that um, if we were going to have this section, it would be great to promote it with a section in the sale as far as the riding end of it. Um, Because there's a lot of people out there that love the Clydes, but there's a lot of people that still don't realize how versatile they are and that they make excellent riding horses. I mean, when I was younger, I took one and uh, went high points, Western pleasure and open shows with a retired hitch gelding. So I mean, they, they truly, if you give them the time and and put a little effort into them, I mean, they, they can kind of do whatever you ask them to do. So absolutely. um, And when I, well, when I'm talking, at, when I'm at a show and we're talking about the the riding classes are coming up, I always say it's a comfortable ride because they have the longer back, they have a bigger barrel. It's it's a it's a comfortable ride. But if you could just imagine going to a trail ride or going to a show and everybody's on their quarter horse and you come riding in on a Clydesdale, how impressive is that going to be? I mean, that just shows the versatility and especially at our sale throughout the years that I've been announcing it, we always have had horses come through that say, Oh, broke to ride, but they're showing it at the halter and running it up and down the arena They're And they're saying it's broke to ride. But this year we actually got to see riding demonstrations and riding in, in the sale ring. Yes. And there were, you know, we had the riding section in the catalog, but in addition to that, there were so many, more horses that were previewed under saddle this year. It was really impressive to see, you know, horses that they were bringing in showing, you know, how hitchy they were in the cart. A few minutes later would come in under saddle and someone would be riding them. So it was really neat that way. And it's honestly surprising how um, you can have a horse that has a lot of knee and hawk action, but when you take them out and ride them and slow them down, they can actually be extremely smooth and comfortable to ride. Well, and I have to tell you one thing in our riding section that was, that was so neat to watch. And I I don't know if you were up at the arena for it or not, but they brought a gelding in and we kind of stalled in the auction and, and, and all of a sudden a young Amish girl gets on this horse with, with a, and I'm talking a toddler and a, a young, young Amish girl that maybe was three years old and they rode around the arena and the bidding took off. And then when it took a little stall again, the older girl got off and let this three-year-old, she was walking with it. So no safety issues, but that was a selling point that this horse was so broke that a child could safely ride it. It's encouraging because like you have said, 
not everybody can afford a fancy hitch horse or an extremely um, correct halter horse, but people and can not afford one horse. One. Exactly. Exactly. There's a market for every horse and you have found that notch. So I believe, and, and you can talk about it, but the average sale price for those riding horses was phenomenal. Yeah, it was very strong. I mean, he was a retired hitch horse that in the past, you know, wouldn't have sold for very much. And I think he brought close to $10,000. And this was a a little bit older gelding that was no longer used for a hitch. And, and so that's, that's where, you know, we're, we're creating another market for our horses that are, aren't, hitch horses or halter horses to begin with and those horses that we are retiring out of those hitches yep. and it's, it's yeah, a, exactly. very positive and, it, and it's bringing new people in and um, you know what what we've seen in the past too is a lot of times once you get people started you know once they get those one or two they, they initially may not want that halter or hitch horse but down the road a lot of them even if it's not on a huge scale, we'll start doing a little breeding here and improving their horses and, you know, might show a halter horse here and there and get into to more of the hitch showing and not just the riding and pleasure. And a huge Absolutely. part of that too is, is the people in the industry. We have a very friendly industry. It's very inviting. What I hear from so many people is that, Everyone is so friendly. You know, they've come from showing uh, light horses, saddle horses, and they come into the draft horse industry and it's a big family. And that's what draws people in and keeps them in our industry. Well, and I know one question. I'm surprised Glenn has not jumped in with this question because he's always excited about the size of these draft horses. What special equipment do you need? For these draft horses, I mean, you can't just go into your normal tack store, buy a saddle that's going to fit one of these draft horses. And what what is out there for riding? Are you riding English? Are you riding Western? Where do people find the equipment to fit the draft horses? Oh, it's if you look at the build of of, of the horses. It's very rare, especially in the Clydesdales, that I find one that I um, that I actually can't use just a full quarter horse saddle on. Now there are some. We had a mare in the riding demonstration that is a full Clydesdale. She's a little bit more traditional, very very broad and round, and um, you know treeless saddles work well on the ones that are are wider with very little withers, but um, the mares that I had there were actually fit very well in a full quarter horse saddle. Um, you know, there's different online stores that, that sell draft hack. Um, but you know, it, it, it just depends on the horse a little bit, but especially in the Clyde, a lot of them, you can actually get away, um, with using a regular quarter horse tree, full quarter saddle on most of them because they're not as broad and uh, heavy built as maybe say a Pertron or a Belgian. 
Yeah, we, we, uh, Jennifer used to give lessons. We had a percher on that was about 18 and a half hands and, and pretty large. And she used to give lessons on him, even to little five-year-old kids, because he was the quietest horse we had in the barn, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, they look yep. like little tiny peanuts up there, but we used, uh, Wintex at that point. That was the early days of Wintex, but they still had the changeable gullets. Mm-hmm. So we could go with the yep. widest gullet or get the, you know, make the gullet work, uh, there. But you can even do that with the bait saddles now, the leather saddles. So, uh, we used to do that just because then you could take the same saddle and change a gullet out and use it on a smaller horse, too. Um, yep. Yeah. But, yeah, they were the quietest horses that uh, we had for riding. It was just- right. And, and well, I know in our industry, up, we, had- well, I was just going to say, in our industry, we do have a couple places. Make sure to visit our, our friends at Ship Shawana Harness. Bob can point you in the direction. And Gary and Kathy Grandstaff at Draft Horse Superstore, if you're looking for um, writing items for the drafts too. They have them as well. So sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, Sarah. They have, no, they have, uh, cause one thing, some people depends on the horse's head. You know, a lot of people, you need to wait to buy pack till you have your horse so that you can determine what size saddle it needs because some horses will need the extra wide tree draft saddle. You're going to see that more with the Pertrons and the Belgians. And then as far as bridles, um, you're going to, on the majority of them, you're going to need a draft, a draft size bit, you know, usually at least a six, six and a half. Um, and then the most common thing that you do need a draft size in is the bridle because they do have a bigger head, but I, I actually have a warm blood size bridle that, uh, fits many of my mares. Well, and, and you did, talk about the the world show coming up and i know because we're, we're working on trying to get sponsors and working on getting that show promoted but there are a lot of classes for these horses in the riding and in the pleasure so tell us a little bit about the classes at our upcoming world show um we we have an english and a western class which has been um you know that's been in the show from the beginning but we added uh a trail class, a dressage class, a jumping class, uh, pole bending, and keyhole. And those are all riding classes. And then for the pleasure driving, we have um, a ladies pleasure single horse, a men's pleasure single horse, a pleasure team, um, an obstacle course. I think we have one more, but well, I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> well, I think it's, yeah, I, well, I think it's fun because it's going to give people, everybody can come there to see something. It's just like when you go to the World Pertron Congress, they have the farm classes, the plowing, and, and now we're bringing oh. that full circle in with the Clydesdale. So it, in the facility, I know we're going to have a meeting there in, in, a, in a couple weeks, everybody's going to, our committee's going to get a chance to see it, but the facility is phenomenal. The writing and the pleasure are going to have their own arena that that's well lit and beautiful and lots of seating. So the shows will go on simultaneously, but I just know in our industry, you have worked hard to find that niche to, as you say, these horses, when they're retiring from these hitches, they need a place to go. They're still young and, and writing is such an impressive thing. Well, and so many of them, because they have been used on a hitch, they're, they've been there, done that. They've been exposed to all kinds of things. 
And even when I'm breaking a horse to ride that I have, many times I like for them to drive first because then they get used to all the noise and things being draped all over them and, you know, the harness, the tugs kind of touching their legs and, and everything. And it, it turns them into a lot more solid, versatile riding horse in the long run. Even when I'm breaking uh, light horses, a lot of times I'll put harness on them and do ground driving and do all the same training uh, groundwork that I would to start a driving horse. I'll do it with them before I ever ride them. And it's very rare that I have one that acts up when I get on it if I, if I do those things beforehand because they just get used to so much going on and hearing noises behind them that they can't see and, and learn not to panic and, and just relax. And then by the time you get on them, they know the voice commands and different things. And so when you get on them, it's, it's just adding, you know, someone on their back. It's not adding all these other things to it because they've already learned that. Absolutely. And like I said, you're located in Nebraska. You're in, in the Plains. Um, I know you always have horses for sale and you have your stallion um, available, the Bentley horse. So give us a little plug before we close about your facility and what you can offer to those people, not only in your immediate area, but shipping semen all around. So just give us a little recap of your farm real quick. Uh, we're performance unlimited, unlimited Clydesdales. We generally have somewhere between 15 and 30 head of horses, depending on our full crop. Um, we have riding horses, driving horses, brood mares. Um, we generally have more mares and young foals, young horses. Um, sometimes we'll have a gelding, uh, We've, we ship frozen semen all over the U S it's, it's available whenever you need it. It's very convenient, uh, because you're not shipping last minute. You can have it sitting there waiting for when your mare is ready. We've, uh, we've even sold some mares down to, well, tell us how people uh, can find you. You can find us, um, on Facebook at Performance Unlimited Clydesdales. We have a page on Facebook, and then we also have performanceunlimitedclydesdales.com. Get a hold of me in either place. Perfect. And again, as a volunteer, we salute you because I know you spend lots of hours. And when you talk about presenting these things to the board, I was all a part of the backdrop when, when you were doing that. And I know you've worked hard to to promote the the writing and the pleasure classes. And I think it's going to be nothing but a, but a success. So awesome job. We're happy to talk with you and excited and, and thanks so much for being a part of a horses in the morning. Yep. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. All right. Have, have a great day in Nebraska. All right. Jennifer's going to tell us a little bit about well, I think Penwood's Percherons. There we go. Penwood Percherons is owned and operated by Chad and Rhonda Cole. It's located in beautiful central Pennsylvania. Penwoods has been in business of breeding horses for over 20 years, offering quality shipped chilled semen and on-farm artificial breeding services to some of the very best Percheron stallions in the industry. Penwoods Percherons carry some of the most prolific and successful genetics available on today's market, their current roster consists of several stallions that include grand champions, national champions, world champions, and all-Americans. 
Bourbon sires like Pleasant View King, West Winds King's Talisman, Bellevue Crown Royal, Recount, and my favorite one, Yes, Ozzy, are consistent producers of show winners and sale toppers. Penwood's Percherons can help you achieve your breeding goals. If you're interested in breeding a mare or have questions about what mare, what stallion to breed your mare to, you can find Chad and Rhonda at penwoodspercherons.com. The Coles are truly dedicated to the Percheron horse and feel privileged to have the opportunity to make a mark on the breed's history. That's Penwoods Percherons or follow them on Facebook, Penwoods Percherons. Thank you very much, Jennifer. We're going to be shifting gears here a little bit and going into Shires right after this word from Shipshawana Harness and Supply. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies in the heart of draft horse country in Shipshawana, Indiana, is your source for everything draft horse. Their large inventory of in-house crafted harness, halters, and show bridles, showtime blankets, sweats, wagons, and carts, horse care products, and even shoeing supplies will fill the needs of the heavy horse hobbyist, the horse farmer, the heavy horse exhibitor, and the horse pulling competitor. You can find them online at ShipshawanaHarness.com, as well as on Facebook at Shipshawana Harness, or you can give them a call at 260-768-7254. Just ask for Bob. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, your source for everything Draft Horse. And we do have to say a special thank you to Ship Harness. They promote our show as well. Every time we have a show coming up, uh, Logan gets the ads ready and, and they promote us. So thank you so much to Ship Harness. Well, Glenn, we are going to switch gears and we're going to move to Minnesota now. We've kind of had a show that's well-rounded all across the U.S. right now. We are going to be talking with Danelle Kenny. Danelle is with Hagen Hill Shires. She's Red Wing, Minnesota. And and. Danelle is a friend of mine, and I am so excited to talk with Danelle, not only to to get to know her a little bit better, but to promote the Shires as well. So, Danelle, welcome to our show. Good morning. Thank you. Well, I know it uh, wasn't long ago when I called you and I said, oh, would you be a guest? And I, I think you were a little apprehensive at first, but you agreed. And I am, I, I'm so excited to have you on because if anybody knows Danelle, you know that she is an energetic, young enthusiast of our draft horses. And it's such, such fun to have you on here. And I told Glenn earlier when we were talking, she's actually my boss because I've taken on a new role with the Shire Association and you're my boss. So we have, we have to make this legit here. And I got to, We'll Keep see if we happy. can get you fired by the end of the interview. I we'll like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. But so just a just nope. a little bit of history. Danelle and her family have been breeding, foaling, marketing, and showing their shires both locally and at the national level since 1994. They breed, um, and right now you have the reigning national champion mare in your in your barn. Tell us a little bit about that mare because she's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, her name is Sailor Hagen Hill HDD Sailor. She is a coming four year old now. Um, we, uh, had been showing her since the fall. She's out of a really outstanding imported stud that's now deceased, but was owned by Arlen wearing, wearing shires out of Idaho. 
So we uh, trucked one of our mares out to Idaho one year, and we got the resulting filly, and she's she's a love. She's very exciting. And her job now is to be a broodmare for us. Well, and the name Sailor, where did that come from? <laughs> My sister works in the nursing industry and comes across all kinds of fun little names, little kid names, and she's the one that named her, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. That's very, very neat. And you are very active in part of the American Shire Horse Association. You spent a, a couple terms as a director. And now this year, not only are you working on a lot of committees, you, you have taken on a new role with the association. So, so tell us a little bit about your, your new role. Yes, I just completed my second consecutive term with the um, American Shire Horse Association, so turned out and didn't want to completely get out of the association, so I was uh, moved to the show committee chair, um, and I've always been coordinating shows and at the regional and um, the last five years at the national level, so it was kind of a good fit for me and excited to just grow the the Shire shows, you know, all across the U.S. There's not many Shires, so we want to get out, get them out there, and promote them as much as we can to show them off to the public. Sure, and I know we talk a lot about the national show, which will be part of the Great Iowa State Fair. It's it's been in Iowa for um, the past several years, and I know the exhibitors love it because when you talk about crowds and participation and and people coming through the barns and getting exposure for your horses, there's nothing greater than the Iowa state fair. And, and I know probably the first time you were there and, and you saw literally herds of people coming through the barn. I mean, they, there's a hundred thousand people that are passing through and it seems like they all want to go down the aisle of the horse barn. What was that like the first time you experienced the national in Des Moines? You know, I've got a, a really neat, also another encounter. We um, have showed at the Minnesota state fair and, and, that crowd is oh, so I, big, absolutely you know, crazy big. But the Des Moines, Iowa show, those people are agriculture based, where they're asking questions, they want to touch, they want to learn. They they're they're a completely different crowd, and they are so awesome. So the comparison is, you know, yes, there's a lot, but they they want to learn. That's the neat part about them. Absolutely. And if you're, if you're watching the show, they charge at Iowa State Fair. It's, it's a very small fee to come in and, and watch the show, but I'm telling you when it's 105 degrees out in Iowa in the summer and they say the arena is air conditioned, it doesn't matter that it's $5. You're going to come in and watch, but there's a line to get in and it's usually a sold out crowd and the National Shire Show has, has progressed and grown. So it's just amazing to see the number of hitches. So we're going to talk about the national now. Tell us a little bit about how they have grown and, and the numbers that it is just actual shires being exhibited. Yeah, we started out about, oh, this is six years ago now. And I I was um, on the show committee, of course, and heading up the national show as, as um, the coordinator. And we as the association decided that we were going to try one spot for a few years in a row and to figure out where that was going to be. That was my job. So I went to the Iowa State Fair um, 
asked them if they were interested in having us. And oh my goodness, they were so excited. That really kicked off a great relationship with them. And so we started advertising, you know, telling exhibitors. And every single year we have grown in size. Last year we had as many six-ups that I think are shown in the U.S. right now, minus just one. So there was four six-ups. That's a really big deal for Shires just because there aren't a whole lot of us. And, um, Absolutely. You know, they're coming from Idaho to, you know, of course, Minnesota, Pennsylvania last year, Missouri. So we're covering all zones of the U.S. And we've had some come down from Canada in the past. That's always great to have them, you know, come down and show their uh, Shires off. But every year it's growing. And, you know, we only hope to get bigger, better. And that's where Absolutely. you come in. Absolutely. And now... <laughs> I was going to say, I have some really big shoes to fill because by taking over the overall chairman of the shows, you have appointed, I've been appointed by your board to, to now run the national show. And, and it is neat. I mean, I'm working on sponsorships right now. So if anybody would like to sponsor a class at the national show, get a hold of me because there's some available, but the uniqueness of the Shires, I always say the numbers might be small. But the breed is mighty and it, it reaches out and people come because there are so few Shires out there that, that it, it is even more of a draw for people to come to see them. And we have at Des Moines, we show Bay Shires, we show Black Shires, we show Gray Shires. We're, we're hitting all of the common colors and characteristics with the Shires. And as we were talking with our last guest about riding, we have a couple writing classes that the that the shires are are active part of um so just so people know at the iowa state fair we start showing on sunday august 13th and we show through the 15th which is tuesday but i also want to talk a little bit about the other shows so if you're in central u.s i know des moines is the national but tell us where they can see shires the regional aspect all right. We've also got a regional show in Colorado. Um, there's a we, as the association, assign a coordinator to each regional show, so they get very specific, hands-on coordination. You know their area; they know their area. So we have one in Colorado at Colorado State Fair. We've got a far, far east show at the Skowhegan State Fair in Maine, and also one more East Central, which would be the Ohio State Fair. There are three other regionals for the American Shire Horse Association plus the national show. Absolutely. So no matter where you're at, you can you can get up close to, to a Shire. But we're gonna I'm gonna go back now a little bit and talk more about your breeding program because I'm I was reading my show notes and it says in that you've been breeding Shires for 23 years, which is, doesn't seem possible because you look like you're 29. So (laughs) tell me how a young lady decides that you're going to be involved in Shires. What captured your eye or, or did you know breeders or, or why Shires for you? That, that is a fun story in itself. No, to all of those. Um, I actually, I've always had horses. It's always been in my family for draft horses. My grandpa had Percherons. My uncle showed Belgians competitively. But we had a neighbor that had 
this gorgeous breed out in his field that we would go by very often. They had this long feather and they were big like a draft horse. I had no idea what they were. And, you know, we would stop in once some polling season arrived every season and we learned that they were shires. Um, he actually had worked at the big shire farm in Marengo, Illinois, Fox Valley Shires. So that's mm-hmm. where his herd was started. And he still had connections down there. So we had, you know, that's where we acquired our first couple of broodmares. Um, the acquiring of them was contingent, though. My dad had told me, if I get you these horses and we breed them every year, these foals will be sold and this will be the start of your college funds. Well, I was fourteen, and those babies didn't. Yeah, those babies didn't move (laughs) along very quickly. So my college fund wasn't very um, robust, shall we say? (laughs) (laughs) So it was actually a neighbor that really um, got me into this, and no, no looking back, I guess. (laughs) All right. Well, now you you have set the stage. We're going to talk about college because, again, you you are such a talented lady. Tell our listeners what you do for a living, because this is, to me, it's just, it's just, wow, you're, you you do amazing <laughs> things. So tell us what you do for a living. Yes, there, there are many, I guess. Um, I'm a senior chemist at a nuclear station, so I make power for electricity, if you will, for most of the Midwest. I work for Excel Energy. Um, there See, I, my primary goals or focus is the fuel in the reactor and the entire primary side. So I'm looking at the chemistry, the water chemistry, uh, making sure our fuel is safe. So, yes, there, there, it, it is a very unique job, and it's um, very rewarding also. That's why you're so radiant. Yeah, I, I had to do it. I had to do <laughs> yes, it. Yes, I, I love it. I had to do it. I just, it was there. <laughs> yep. I, the listeners would be disappointed I if I hadn't done it. So there. I was yep. waiting and waiting. Yes, for that. Our fuel does I well. knew he was yeah. going to jump in. <laughs> well, and, and I know you're so tired of that have, joke, and I apologize. So. <laughs> no, no, well, I have to good. ask. You don't get it enough. <laughs> Your farm name is Hoggen Hill, and Hoggen Hill Shires. I've announced it for many, many years. But I have no idea what it means. Where did Hoggen Hill come from? Ooh, good question. Um, so it stems from my, my dad. Um, I grew up on a dairy farm, and he was very, very avid into the registered Holstein business, you know, showing winning production awards, classifying, hosting this, the county meetings and whatnot. And he used Hoggen Hill as his prefix and it's simply my maiden name Hogan and the fact that our home farm was situated up on this hill and you know he put it together way back in the 60s and um, when I had my first baby that I registered I asked him if I could also use it and he said absolutely so even though I'm married with a different last name now I've still stuck with the Hogan Hill prefix so you know very simple but very meaningful to me so yeah, that's not now. Now I now I know. Well, what advice do you have for anyone yeah. interested in learning about the Shires? Because like I said you are a great, great voice for the Shire horse. So, if somebody's looking at Shires, what's some advice you have? Um, you know, I was lucky enough to team up with my uncle. So I'd always say, find a mentor, find someone in your area first and foremost. 
just to get your feet wet and really, really understand what you're getting into. The feathered breed, of course, the long hair, you know, it's beautiful, but it's a lot of work. So get your hands, you know, in that. Um, you can also contact our ASHA office. Jan Baumgrass is our secretary. She can always give you some names in your area. We, um, we have over 300 members, so she can, someone should be able to help. She should be able to give you a name. Um, we also have a Facebook page. You can go look that up, get some more information. Um, of course, because I'm a, you know, I really like education. I would say research um, the breed, you know, find out, you know, their demeanor is, I always say, second to none. So these guys are so gentle and loving that it's hard not to fall in love with this breed. But I would, the top two things are research and find a mentor. Well, that, that is perfect advice, exactly what I would say. And, and if anybody wants to get a hold of you or, or talk to you, how can they find you? Well, I do have a Facebook page. It's um, Hogan Hill, and you can find I do videos and pictures and all kinds of um, announcements for the Shires, shows, etc. And I also have a website. It's hogginhillshires.webs.com. And you can either, you know, you can find my contacts, my phone or email there. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, and I really appreciate this time today. Well, it's, it's, a, it's fun to have you. And I, like I said, known you for a long time. We've been friends for a long time. Now you're my boss and we're going to keep that on a good level. But thank you so much for being a part yeah. of our show and promoting the Shires and just bringing fun and creativity back into our draft horse industry. So we hope you have a, a tremendous day. Thank you so much, Glenn and Lisa. Thanks. All right. Well, you know what I decided you- after doing this show? I've decided when I win the lottery, which I have the ticket right here, by the way. Um, when sure. I win the lottery, I'm going to get one of each. I'm going to get a Shire, a well, Clydesdale, a Percher. I'm going to have the whole six-pack. Well, you know, I-, I hope you have that winning ticket because I got a couple that I could sell you. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I want. Now, after doing this show, you know, I was a Percheron guy, but now I want a Shire and I want a Clydesdale. I want one of each. But see, the other thing that comes with winning a lottery is having the groom oh, that, to take care of them all. Exactly. That's the other thing. Have you told Jennifer? You have to tell Jennifer she's stepping up her game here. Yeah, <laughs> she said I have to win the lottery if I want to get that six-pack. So that's the only way I'm getting it uh, because it has to come with the groom because she's not taking care of draft horses for me anymore. So that was uh, that was something that was said recently. No, 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 no. That's big poop there. Big, big poop. Well, the world, speaking of a lot of poop and uh, big horses, the World's Clydesdale Show is coming up in 2018. In just 16 months, the World's Clydesdale Show will be returning to the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin, where it was held in both 2007 and 2011. The Madison area is a great city to embrace the 2018 World Clydesdale Show with camping on site and hotels within walking distance of the facility. 
More than 800 Bonnie Clydes will be on hand in the latest state-of-the-art facilities, totaling 290,000 square feet of indoor space, replacing the nine former ag barns. Plenty of space for arenas, brand-new box stalls, pre-function areas, vendor spacing, and more. The breed's best will be on hand to partake in well over 100 competitions. Mark your calendars, make your plans, and set your goals today. Stay abreast of the updates of the 2018 World Clydesdale Show on the Clydesdale Breeders website at ClydesUSA.com. That's ClydesUSA.com. Or just Google it. It'll come up. Boy, next year is going to be the year, isn't it, for for the big shows? I'm already thinking, how how is this going to happen? Because, you know, I'm announcing at the World Pertrand Congress, and I'll be taking my my store there. So that gets over, I believe, on a Sunday. And Tuesday, I'll be sitting up in, in Madison for the for the Clyde show. And it's going to be a crazy couple weeks. I'd it, say. It's going to be fun, <laughs> but it's going to be a little crazy. Thank goodness they're only, you know, four hours apart. I was just so going to say, easily, at least they're pretty close. You don't home. have one in California and one in Pennsylvania, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. But both of those shows, you will be amazed at the number of people that come to watch. Um, Des Moines, Iowa, we've had we've had the World Pertrand Congress at several locations, spreading it all across the country. But Des Moines, Iowa supports it like no other. And and I know their group's working hard now to, to make it a fun filled week with everything from plowing. I mean, there's actually a part of the Iowa State Fair that they turn the soil. They do plowing, have plowing contests, and, and and the feed team races. And I always laugh because the music plays such a good part. So you have these these teams coming in the arena, and they're racing to unload their their bags of grain and going through the course. And John Denver's blaring over the stair, over the speaker. It, it's just kind of a, a neat thing. And then you switch gears and you go to Madison, and Madison the same way. There's no other the cr- crowds. I remember the very first world show that we had in Madison back, you know, years ago, uh, it was, it was at the point where we, we were in the office and, and Lane Anderson and, and Kathy and Keith Mann and I were in the office and our biggest issue and Dr. Linda, our biggest issue was we got to find a bank because we, we didn't anticipate this. And, and it was just because people support the draft horses. So, there's shows. It's coming into show season, but I know a lot of people are gearing up and planning their vacation for, for next year. And let's hope that people get two weeks off so they can hit both shows. Well, let's uh, if they're not looking to next year and looking at what to do here in the next month, let's uh, fill them in on that, too. All right. Upcoming heavy horse events. And, and there are lots of events going on. On. We probably don't have the full schedule of things, but June 2nd and 3rd coming up this weekend is the Montana Horse Progress Days in Auction. That is in Moore, Montana. Beautiful setting, beautiful place to go. If, you, if you're out on the western parts, make sure to visit the Montana Horse Progress Days in Auction. June 3rd is the Bluegrass Draft Horse and Mule Championship Pull. That pull is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and, and they bring a professionalism to that and they're going to crown their champions um it, it's an amazing show too down in kentucky heritage days draft horse mule and halflinger show that show is just a couple hours from me and i've been their announcer and glenn i have to tell you for the first time in my career of 25 years i had to cancel out of a show i felt so bad 
but I had something come up. Um, I, I'm a big part of the American Cancer Society and, and raising money for breast cancer research, and I have to be in an event for that. So I feel horrible about not being at Martinsville, but I know they're going to have a tremendous show. That's the Heritage Days Draft Horse and Mule and Halflinger Show. It's a small town with a big heart that welcomes the draft horse uh, exhibitors into their town. June 23rd and 24th, the Seymour Draft Horse Sale in Centerville, Michigan. June 30th and July 1st is the Horse Progress Days in Leola, Pennsylvania. We, we've we talked to Dale Stoltzfus in the past and promoted this. If you are at all, all in that area, you need to go and visit the Horse Progress Days. There will be thousands and thousands of people seeing everything that is new in our draft horse industry, the, the mechanical farming issue, and you can see breed demonstrations. It, it is a tremendous event that's horse progress days in leola pennsylvania also the state fairs are coming up and if and if you like a certain breed we do want to remember that indiana state fair is home to the national belgian show indiana state fair in indianapolis also home this year to the national clydesdale show and, and as always we are going to have at the iowa state fair the national shire show and this year we welcome the national percheron show to the Iowa State Fair. So those are some things that gearing up in the future. And I have to tell you, today's a big day for the Draft Horse Journal. Today, the summer issue is going in the mail. So I know here at my house, my son's going to say Iowa to Watsika, Illinois. That's two days. So Monday, he's going to be at the mailbox waiting for that magazine because that's (laughs) it is the Bible of our industry. And, And Lynn, you know, 52 years of the Draft Horse Journal, that that's something else. I, and, and earlier you and I talked, my parents are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary next weekend. And the Draft Horse Journal, 52 years, what longevity and what a great asset to our industry the Draft Horse Journal has been. Um, and I do have to make just a couple of corrections. We had some names said incorrectly today. And before we get any feedback, I want to say that the Penwoods, when they have their stallion, we want to say that it is Y-E-S Aussie. So make sure we get that right in the future. And, and the Alliant Energy Center in Madison is going to be the home to the World Clydesdale Show. So just to, I don't know, but it wasn't Alliant. <laughs> I might have said Alliant. But that's okay. You know, I think that adds a little class to it, well, right? Yeah, it's like I Target to, or Target. I used Target. to sell insurance, and there was a company called Allianz, which I think is where I get well, that from, because I used to sell for Allianz. So that was, uh, well, it was close. I was close. It was close. Yeah, it was close. And, and I'm sure if you're in Madison and you ask for the Allianz Center, they'll still point you yeah, to the Alliance right. Center. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, and then... So make sure... Make sure I've, and I've heard well, of make a, sure to check your mailboxes yeah. for that summer issue oh. of the Draft Horse Journal going. And there's out. something we don't mention enough on this show. If you do have complaints about anything on this show, we have a complaint email address, and it's Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Uh, and then just put complaint in the subject line, and guaranteed nobody will ever read it. So uh, that's what we do on, on, at the Horse Radio Network. Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com gets all complaints, even if it's not about the show, even if you're just complaining about something else. Uh, we get those. Now, <laughs> I can't guarantee we're not going to read them on the air because occasionally we do that, too. 
Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, or for this month, actually. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, for joining us. We are here five days a week at Horses in the Morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Tomorrow is our Friday episode, and we'll be doing some really bad ads. It's the most popular thing we do every week on the show. If you want to get your ads in, just go to Craigslist and look for some really crappy uh, Craigslist ads. Send them over, and, and we read them for you on Friday mornings. That'll happen tomorrow. You can also send those really bad ads into Jennifer at Horse Radio network.com and we will have uh, we always have some great prizes that we give away every month for that the easiest way to listen to all of our shows in the network we have uh, 14 of them now going on 15 is going to be uh, on our app just search for iOS on the iOS or Android app store and search for Horse Radio Network it's free it's easy it's the simplest way to listen to all our shows including the live show Thank you very much, Lisa. We appreciate you, the Clyde Store and more, and all of our wonderful sponsors, the 2018 World Clydesdale Show, Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, the Clyde Store and more, the World Percheron Congress, and Penwood's Percherons. There's a mouthful. And also... It, to, it is. ...to Lynn and the gang at the Draft Horse Journal. We appreciate you putting all the work in, that you do into this episode every single month. See you, all Lisa. Right. And I just have travels. one... Yeah, one. One thing in closing, I just got a, a text real quick that we're, when we're talking about that horse progress days in Pennsylvania, Bee Tree Trail, Dave Orbach, our guest today, is 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 going to be there demonstrating. So you oh, never cool. know what he'll have up his sleeve. Yeah, he could have a 45-horse uh, hitch <laughs> all lined up behind the carriage. I mean, you just never, you never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> They're pushing great. it. Well, have a great day. <laughs> Have a great day, and thanks so much for promoting our heavy horse industry. All right, take care, everybody.